everyone. Welcome back to our second episode on Star Trek Lower Decks and Star Trek the Animated Series from the 70s. But we are covering Season 4, Episode 4 of Lower Decks and Season 1, Episode 4 of Star Trek the Animated Series. I'm Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. We are part of Uncanny Tracks. How the hell are you doing tonight, Matt? Jeez, Bob, I didn't know I was going to be taking a trip to the Odyssey here. hey <laughs> That's right, that's right. Well, so first up, from the 21st of September this year, Matt, uh, something borrowed, something green. You want to walk our audience through the plot of this one? Sure, Bob. So Tindy takes Mariner and Talyn to her sister's wedding, while Boimler and Rutherford resolve tensions. So, Matt, am I correct in saying that so far we've seen Klingon, Borg, Paklid, Ferengi, Romulan, and Orion lower decks? Yeah, we've seen just about everybody. Uh, the Orion lower decks, of course, is what we were introduced to in this episode. Doesn't seem that bad to me. I mean, they're really just inventorying stolen goods, uh, shining up treasure. That's about it. I mean, I think I'd be okay working on, like, a pirate ship. You think you got plunder duty in hand? Is that what you're telling me? I I could handle plunder duty, Bob. (laughs) Plunder duty would be right up my alley. All right. And so, you know, we still have this mysterious death ship. Uh, They killed the Klingon lower deckers. They killed uh, the Romulan lower deckers. And now they've uh, killed the Orion Lower Deckers. Any thoughts on uh, what the mysterious death ship looks like? I mean, it's smaller than what I originally thought. So do we know any characters who have escaped on a shuttle at some point? Yeah, I I didn't think this when we saw it in prior appearances, but it does sort of look like a Starfleet shuttle from certain angles. Yeah, Um, it's been modified or to some degree. Yeah, like maybe it like assimilated or maybe one of these evil computers took control of it or something. Oh, that could be it. That could be it. Yeah, yeah. It also has a little bit the vibe of the monolith from 2001, A Space Odyssey, of course. Yeah, with a big red piece on the front. So, yeah, I could see that. They've been teasing as sort of potentially like a big bad for the show for a long time now. This could be it, folks. Could be it. Could be it. Also, it could be the return of Girardi Borg, as it we talked about be. last episode. I would like that. Or Cisco. Cisco's up or there, C- too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. It sort of... Doesn't it sort of look like a Bajoran orb case a little bit? Oh, yeah, Bob. I didn't catch on to that. It's just Cisco trapped inside an orb. Yeah, wasn't your theory last week mirror Cisco? Yeah, I said mirror Cisco, but you know what? Now I think it's the legit Cisco. He's just trying to get out of the orb, and it just keeps blowing up <laughs> ships. And in fairness, we're still not sure if Mira Cisco is still alive. Yeah, thanks, Twitter. Or X, or whatever you are. <laughs> All right. So, uh, also in this episode, in the subplot, you know, I think Talyn probably describes it best when she says, Boimler and Rutherford's emotional closeness is unpleasant. And it is. <laughs> it's not unpleasant because it has homoerotic overtones. But it totally does have homoerotic overtones. You, 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 you feel that way too, right? That it's basically Boimler and Rutherford coming out this episode. Yeah, it reminds me of like the second part of Step Brothers, the movie, when they're like <laughs> they start working together. Yeah, yeah, that's that is a good comparison. There's a lot of Will Ferrell, John C. Riley energy in this uh, in this duo. Um, I mean, also like they're literally calling a bonsai plant their child. They're yeah. they're literally doing same sex parenting, right? Well, they literally both dress up as Mark Twain on the hollow deck. I mean, now that was what saved it for me. Before that, <laughs> I was like, my God, this is awful. But you know, we I, at, 
for a minute, I thought we were having the return of Mark Twain, right? Who right. we did meet in a next gen two part uh, time travel episode, but no, it's just Boimler and Rutherford impersonating him, which is uh, much better than like you know a hollow deck Mark Twain. It, it was great. So. The whole back and forth with Rutherford this episode, it, it was it was different. <laughs> I, I haven't really caught on to this so? energy before. Have you caught on to this energy at all? How so? I guess like them being kind of you know like like you mentioned earlier this kind of that closeness well he does do the same thing with tendy although it seems like more decisively like asexual between tendy and rutherford you know right yeah this this doesn't and there's also not like the under i think there have been some episodes where tendy and rutherford have had conflict but i you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's been the focus as much as this episode's conflict between Rutherford and Boimler was. Well, guys, Boimler and Rutherford may be a thing. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you Would you rather Boimler date Rutherford or would you rather Boimler date uh, to Lynn? Uh, probably Rutherford. I think that would be way more interesting. I don't know. I I feel like if they make him date Rutherford, then they're the two of them are going to be happy, and I don't <laughs> want Boimler happy. But if they make him date uh, to Lynn, she could do that breakup we talked about last week where she realizes that uh, he only wants her so he can have his own Spock. And that's uh, I think that's pretty profoundly funny. That is very that's profoundly funny. And at the same time, too, I think that her in more of a commanding position of him is going to be better. Hopefully yeah. that's where they'll go, like in Lower Deck Season 12 or whatever we get to. <laughs> long, long may it rain. Long yeah. may it rain. Um, <laughs> so to get to the kind of main event of the Orion, uh, wedding that animates this episode, Matt, did you have any particular favorite bits from the Orion wedding? I mean, no, not really. I've, we've had multiple weddings on this show now. We've had this and the Gorn wedding. So did you like this or the Gorn wedding better, Bob? Oh man, I'd forgotten about the Gorn wedding until you brought up. Um, I mean, the Gorn wedding is just like one one scene that's kind of cute, right? Of a bunch of Gorn nibbling on Boimler, if I'm remembering yeah. right, <laughs> which is really funny. But you know, you get a lot of gags on this. You get the the gags of you know Tindy playing what a Mariner describes as the murder bug drinking game. <laughs> um, we get the revelations that uh, you know Orion men uh, have, uh, shall we say, an armpit fetish. Um, you know, they're they're moan heads. Would you uh, would you describe yourself as a moanhead, Matt? No, I'm not a moanhead, Bob. It's not really anything attractive about an armpit. It's there. Well, I mean, it's not the armpit itself. It's just the pheromones. The pheromones. Well, I mean, no. Sorry. The moans. My the bad. Moans, the moans. Sorry. The moans. Yeah. The the moans themselves. No, I, I think that's gross too. <laughs> How about the uh, gag of Mariner getting repeatedly stabbed? Now, see, I'm okay with this, and I feel like one of the goals of Lower Decks this season is to cause as much pain to the main characters as possible, or visually possible. Because we had are... Boimler die in the last like, episode. Oh, yeah, duh, he's, duh. He's blown yeah. to hell. Then we've got uh, Mariner getting stabbed like multiple times in the same repeated place. I guess they did sort of do stuff like that with Rutherford's implants last, implants last season, too. Yeah, they, yeah they've really yeah. like uh, torn these guys up. Now, the most important part of the Orion wedding, Matt, can you say daddy, daughter, dagger dance three times fast? Daddy, daughter, shit. <laughs> I can't even pass dagger. Daddy, daughter, dagger dance. Daddy, daughter, dagger dance. Daddy, daughter, dagger dance. 
All right, a very inauspicious beginning, but a very auspicious I was, finish. I was very struggling. <laughs> I was struggling at the end to get anything into <laughs> No, you kept it together. It was commendable. It was commendable. One thing I will say about the Orions I did learn, of course, you know, it seems like the, the females are much stronger, or at least in this case with uh, her sister. Yeah, it seems to vary because it seems like there's... It seems like, yeah, the, the women more or less run the society, but it also seems like... You know, to use the old phrase, the quote unquote Orion slave girls also are sort of like on the bottom of the society. Yeah. So, it, so how, yeah. Does this, how does it work out? I don't know. Maybe they just, but I mean, like it, it, she, she carried her husband over the threshold at the end and uh, just, it, it was interesting too, because it fit in kind of well with our uh, TOS animated series episode we're going to talk about in just a little while. So. Yeah. Well, to end, Matt, I would also uh, say that I now think Freeman is one of my least favorite captains of all time because Damn, she's Bob. banned. She's banned the Twain Holodeck program, man. That's not <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> like, okay, probably still the child from Prodigy and Burnham and uh, Scott Bakula from Enterprise are worse, but still, like, yeah, Freeman's lost a lot of respect for me. Yeah, and to keep keep us in perspective, Bob. There's still an Enterprise holodeck program, but not a Mark Twain holodeck program. <laughs> it's tragic. Who is your character of the week? My character of the week, Bob, I'm going to go with Tindy for being basically revealed as Black Widow and having been secretly indoctrinated with all these cool, uh, badass fighting skills. Did you watch the uh, Black Widow movie? Yeah, I did. Okay, I, I was wondering if there was like something specific or if it was, I mean, I, I get the general vibe, but I was it's, wondering it, if that was is the general vibe. Yeah, it's that yeah. she becomes like a child assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So I was going to give it to, T to Lynn for being horny, um, but ultimately I'm going to have to give it to Kokor. He had a lot of great lines. Uh, I'm from Southern Chalnoth. That is a Southern accent. <laughs> and uh, I am sated. You may inspect the nebula. And he does kill Boney, who I have to say may be the second worst character ever on Lower Decks. And so I'm eternally grateful to Kokor for that. Ooh, I thought might be one of the cat people, but he's not. <laughs> no, no, no. He is the he is the Chownoth who is in a showdown with uh, Freeman over who gets to scan the nebula. All right, Bob. So let's move on to this animated series cartoon. Yeah, so 50 years ago, Matt, on the 29th of, uh, 19, 29th of September, 1973, a historically important uh, episode of Star Trek called The Lorelei Signal in, uh, aired. What, uh, what's the plot of The Lorelei Signal for our dear listeners? So, Bob, in the plot of The Lorelei Signal, Uhura summons Chapel to the bridge when all the men are weirdly affected by a signal straight out of the Odyssey. I just want to point out, you know, for something for all our male listeners to learn, Kirk is really teaching us how to be sexistly dismissive when he just tells Ahura, opinion noted. I, you know, it's just a model for us all, really. <laughs> just just a fantastic person. Fantastic. Yeah, great great acting, great dude, great character, just the total package. So, Matt, I, I gotta say, I didn't really have Kirk or Spock pegged as having a blonde fetish. But as soon as they start hearing the Lorelei signal, they're they're envisioning some uh, blonde chicks. Well, Bob, Carol Marcus is blonde. All right. Oh, yeah. I guess you kind of own me on that, don't you? None of Spock's people are blonde. Like, most Vulcans aren't blonde, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a blonde Vulcan that I'm remember. Yeah. And the All tendency right. is usually to pair Spock off with women with darker hair, I feel yeah. like. But I'm just going to assume, Bob, that the blonde woman is just a nod to his relationship with Nurse Chapel in Strange New Worlds. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess I'm totally owned on that. Although one could also say that it's not what Kirk and Spock actually want. It's what the Lorelei signal is, you know, programming them to want. So in that vision of the blonde Vulcan, Matt, we also learned about the Vulcan marriage bongos. How do you feel about Vulcan marriage bongos? You've got to keep that beat, Bob. Keep that beat. (laughs) Make Make it slightly racist, I guess, or cultural or something. Yeah, I feel like there's... Definitely something, you know, why? exoticizing and maybe anti-Pacific Islander going on. Yeah, why are we playing that, bongos uh, on Vulcan? Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a little strange. It was a little strange. Uh, another question I had, were the were the ladies' uniform skirts always this short on the show, or were they really short on this episode? I had to make sure that, they, uh, that, that the audience could differentiate between the men and the heroes of the actual episode, Bob. Fair, fair. So is it just me or is it hilarious to imagine Uhura and Chapel uh, as currently portrayed in Strange New Worlds in a remake of this episode? Oh, I would die if they made it, if they did a remake of this. That would be awesome. Yeah, they, re- just, they just, really just do should. it. Please do it. I yeah, would watch that, this shit. That would be like the best episode ever. We, we've speculated that like Strange New Worlds, um, you know, it's just going to turn into an original series remake. Or, you know, like new adventures in the original series. But no, what it actually needs to do is it needs to turn into an animated series remake. <laughs> so I do love that Uhura comes down to the surface with the female security team and immediately just starts mowing down the alien women. Just no mercy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, she's got, they've got their phasers and they're ready to go. This is what, it was a Saturday morning cartoon. you got to have some action, Bob. Yeah, you do. You do. Presumably they're set to stun, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah, she's just going to go to town. <laughs> so, Matt, the lesson of this, as as is the lesson of so many science fiction stories, is that uh, immortality is terrible, and it you know turns you into a uh, man-praying vampire. So why does science fiction hate immortality so much? Bob, it's because it's something we all think that we want, but it would probably suck in the end. No, it wouldn't. You... Man, as a as a wise person who I believe was my mother told me, only boring people are bored, Matt. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. <laughs> uh, I'm being... I'm serious. I mean, I'm oh, joking, okay, gotcha. but, I'm, but I, I, I do mean it. Yeah, no, oh, gotcha. I'm, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I don't know, Bob. I, I, feel like, I feel like it would be sponsored by some kind of corporation and it would not be as cool as we think it would be. Well, yeah, obviously anything developed in our current hell society is going to be hellish, but... You can have 20 more years. All you have to do is, like, tattoo Pepsi on your forehead. Yeah, yeah. You just got to work for our corporation uh, at substandard wages for 18 of them. <laughs> exactly. That's what will happen. Yeah. You yeah. will become our, our indentured servant. <laughs> yes, yes. So, did you pick up on what was historic about this episode, Matt? So, I'm going to assume this is the first time we actually see Uhura in Command of the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And also, by extension, it's the first time we see an African, uh, or I guess technically, well, the actress is an African-American, but the character is an African. So, it's the first time we see an African in charge of a starship, and it's the first time we see a woman in charge of the starship. I mean, you don't count that Strange New Worlds episode where she just, like, tells somebody what to do in front of the captain and everybody got mad? <laughs> no, because we're going first time in our chronology, not in their chronology. I guess I should ask before uh, the character of the week: uh, Are you regretting your decision to go along with my suggestion to watch the seventy Star Trek? No, I'm okay, Bob. But I am going to pause here for a moment and allow our audience to witness the half-minute musical interlude by Scotty. 
Lieutenant, I'm taking responsibility for the safety of this ship. Very thoughtful of your love. Oh, I can't believe I forgot the half-minute musical interlude by Scotty. I'm a terrible host. I'm so sorry. I will, will allow all of you to listen to it and experience it at your own leisure here. So, Matt, are, aren't you are you aren't you a little worried they're going to hit us with a copyright strike over that? I don't I don't think they're coming after us for this bomb. I really <laughs> don't. And if that's what makes me go down. I, Scotty's interlude in a cartoon version of Star Trek. Then it was worth it. It's so worth it. All right, Bob, my character of the week. You made a point about uh, the Scotty musical interlude, uh, that it's like a variety show. <laughs> and, I, you know, actually, I think you kind of hit on something that's like true of, I think, both the 60s Star Trek show and the 70s cartoon, that there is a little bit of a variety show element to it, right? Like a lot of TV in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s was a variety show. It definitely has some influence on the narrative and it definitely has a sense that the writers feel like, okay, you need to do strange things every now and again to keep the audience's attention, right. kind of like a skit or a musical number on a variety show. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is how it feels. But I, I think that almost was the direction I felt like TV wanted to try to go at one point back in the 60s. You remember like the random ass Batman or DC Comics uh, roast of superheroes? Oh yeah, and, yeah, totally, like, totally. And, like the Justice League Variety Hour or some shit like that. I mean, yeah. that that I think they thought that was where TV was going. We'll have yeah. we'll have the regular show, and then we'll have this other random ass show where you know they do dances and skits, and they're kind of out of con they're out of context from the the, the mainstream show or the mainline show. Well, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I think in general, like variety shows were probably had a somewhat similar function to reality TV shows now. Oh yeah, that's a good point. They're a lot less like intensive to make. I mean, you still do need writers to write the jokes and you still need a production team and you do have to attract some celebrities, although not all celebrities, you can just use like, you know, weird, obscure, talented people, but you need some celebrities sometimes. But it's not like the production I imagine of a variety show, although I'm sure it has its own complications. It doesn't imagine it doesn't require you like create like an immersive narrative that lasts for 30 minutes or an hour. Right. Which is a kind of a challenge sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's why they did it with so many like that's why they took so many sitcoms, other shows and made variety shows out of them in the 70s because it just it was. Yeah. Simpler. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is interesting, too, about like. What what's the is it twenty years where nostalgia is supposed to k kick back in? Usually, yeah. I wonder if like the all the all the seventies variety shows you're thinking of if that's like if that's like fifties nostalgia kicking in. Oh yeah, that would because that's that's what was on TV all the time then. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we do we do sometimes forget like I I don't know a major narrative science fiction show 
before 60s Star Trek, right? I mean, there's the Twilight Zone and some other anthology shows, but those are anthology shows. It's a little different. And then there's those, like, afternoon serials for kids that are, like, I think tended to be, like, 10, you know, 10 minutes an episode. Yeah. But like, like Flash, Star Trek, like Flash Gordon and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think they were like lower grade than that because I think Flash Gordon was more like in the film serials. I'm thinking. I think the stuff I'm thinking about is called like Captain Cody or Captain Future oh, or things like, like that. A, like on TV, yeah. Wasn't yeah. Captain Cody in the uh, <laughs> in Star Wars? <laughs> I he he is, he's one of the clones, and oh. I think the name is supposed to be an homage to like oh, one okay. of those i think yeah. I, well know, that I, actually I, explains yeah. it i just knew, i just knew the i just saw the character's name one time and i was like why are they naming the stormtroopers now <laughs> well and that's sort of what they that's sort of what both the clone wars show both the uh, first one that the dexter's lab guy did and then the later one they're kind of going for that sort of like 10 minute adventure serial vibe of science fiction you know all right bob all right. so Finishing up this episode with Character of the Week, I am going with Nurse Chapel because I know Michelle Barrett put in a ton of voice work on this episode. Not just My for God, her own yeah. character, but for all the other women. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's like all of the evil, immortal aliens who are, you know, the succubi to our male characters. It was pretty impressive how much she had to do for yep. this. Um, I think she was the security officer, too, right? She was, yes. That's correct. Yeah. My God. Uh, poor Magical Barrett. Yeah, I'll give it to Uhura, though. Uh, you know, good to have her achieving an important uh, first in Star Trek history. Important several first, actually. Well, this has been Star Trek Lower Decks versus Filmation Star Trek. Uh, join us next week. Um, I can't, what's the episode for next week, man? I don't remember. We're going to be on episode five, but I do not know the episode for Star Trek. Star Trek. But something from Lower Decks and then the, a sequel to The Trouble with Tribbles. Uh, everybody uh, join us next week. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, we are on Candy Treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night. Thanks for listening.